So say, Christina, if you want to make an infographic for this episode after our uh, conversations ended, where would you start to find a new solution given you don't already have one? Like what's the first thing you do when you, when you want to find a new software or find a new product? You Google it. Exactly. So we knew that. We were like, okay, great. So we already know where our customers are hanging out. We know they're aware of the problem they're solving and they're looking for it through Google, right? That's a very, those are very two important questions to ask yourself before you even spend a penny on SEO. This is an SEO conversation that I have not had before. And I honestly underestimated the importance of earning backlinks for two reasons. One, I honestly, I mean, I knew it was important. Like we always talk about earning backlinks for our clients when we earn them exposure because it's super important for SEO. But I spend a lot of my time on my lifestyle blog, specifically Christina All Day, focusing on keywords and not really taking the time to focus on backlinks. And that is a big mistake, as you are about to hear from Farzad Rashidi. He tells a story about how he built the traffic to one website, like by insane amounts just by focusing on backlinks. Yes, keywords are part of it, but you are in charge. You are in control of those keywords and getting those blog posts and those articles on your website. What you don't control is who backlinks to your website. And he is going to talk about how to do that. He actually created software to do this for the company he worked for, and then he just took the software out to the masses. Kind of like I did with Podcast Clout. I created Podcast Clout to help me and my agency, and then I was like, oh, other people in PR need this, so let me tell them about it. So we have very similar stories, and there's so much overlap between what he does and what I do, as you will hear. We can earn you media exposure, and we can cross our fingers for the backlink, but we don't always get the backlink. He tries to get you the backlink. Sometimes it's media exposure, sometimes it's not, but the goal is the backlink. So even though the goals are different, the ending result sometimes is the same. So this was a really cool interview with Farzad. I'm definitely going to be checking out Respana. So you can check out the show notes for this episode and you can get the information there. And I also link to Podcast Clout as well in the show notes since we chat about that. Okay, enough with me blabbering on. Here is Farzad Rashidi. Ever wonder how some people seem to get all the media coverage, but you don't? Go behind the scenes with a TV reporter, national on-air host, and news contributor who's interviewed celebrities, took you inside the Versace mansion, and even stood on a chair to interview basketball legend Alonzo Mourning. Get ready, because Become a Media Maven is the podcast where Christina Nicholson is sharing secrets from her years in front of the camera, in the editing booth, and now behind the podcast mic. Arzad, welcome to the Become a Media Maven podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Christina. I am excited to have you because one, I was checking out Respana, and two, I was referred to you by a former guest, Melissa Kwan. I said, who else should I interview? Who else has cool stories? And she was like, you got to talk to Farzad Rashidi from Respana. So here you are. For Respana is a link building outreach software. Now, at first glance, I thought it was like something like for PR where I would help get clients coverage. But there is so much overlap between earning those backlinks and getting people coverage. So explain what Respana does for people who aren't familiar. Sure thing. So 
Respond is basically, a, as, as you mentioned, a, a link building average platform that helps you identify, I would say, relevant uh, blogs and publications in your space uh, in order to collaborate with them to ideally result in uh, those high authority backlinks to your website that ultimately leads to your website gaining more organic traffic from Google. Uh, so the process is quite similar in a way that you're still reaching out to publications. However, for journalists, just the goal is different, right? So you're looking uh, for them to write a story on you and you have a story to pitch you and put together a press, uh, you know, um, uh, I would say a press release and 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 you identify journalists in your space. Uh, the flow is completely different when it comes to link building because you're now identifying pages, specific pages on your website that are already been built to optimize for search engines. Uh, however, they're very competitive to rank for now. You ideally want to find, I, um, I would say, as relevant places uh, around corners of the web uh, that would make sense for them to mention you and and refer to that particular page in order for your website to start getting rankings for your keywords. So when it comes to earning backlinks, obviously it's important for SEO. Is it the quantity of backlinks or is it the quality of backlinks? Because I feel like there's this is like a big debate in the SEO right. world. I, I don't think necessarily it's a debate. I think it's it's a little bit of both. Obviously, uh, you want like so. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of malpractice in this space, in a way that a lot of people, when they want to build backlinks, they go just uh, work with a freelancer agency. They they just purchase some links and and they pull, slap it on there, and it just never works. And or if it does, it's temporary. Next update sort of knocks it down, and they're like, oh, SEO doesn't work. So. Um, basically what I would recommend is to, um, conduct average yourself as much as possible instead of you relying on another third party to do so, because it's very difficult to have a sense of quality control, I would say. So you want to make sure you, you are using white hat techniques. Like, um, I'm happy to give a few examples of what are some of the things that we are doing, uh, that basically builds relationships with other publications in your space versus you just spamming the world or, or just purchasing links. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you need to combine that quality, which is defined as, you know, relevancy. Obviously you don't want to get, uh, links from a cooking website if you're selling a, a SEO software, right? So uh, that that um, and also how popular that website is, what's their backlink profile looks like. And so obviously those are all important. But at the same time, if you have one of those, isn't going to do much. So you need that quantity as well element to it. So it's a little bit of both, I would say. So, um, but what really matters at the end of the day is the keywords and how competitive it is uh, for ranking. Because uh, if you're ranking for if you're trying to rank for some of the higher competitive keywords, you're going to need more authoritative, more uh, quantity uh, when it comes to links. And for some of the keywords, you don't even need to bother uh, because there's so little competition that you don't really need to even do sort of, uh, sort of average for. Uh, so that, that sort of depends on, I would say, the type of industry you're in and the type of keywords you're trying to rank for. I feel like a lot of people in SEO, they focus more on the keywords and the stuff that they put on their website more so than earning backlinks because yes. the keywords, getting those on your website, that's a hundred percent in your control. That's right. Earning black backlinks, it's a little more complicated. So this is where a lot of people maybe don't execute as much as they should. So mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about why they should make this part of their SEO strategy? Mm -hmm. Sure, I can tell you a little story. So I actually started my career in marketing at a company called Visme. Have you heard of Visme before, Christina? I have. It kind of, it reminds me a little bit of Canva. Yes. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So, well, we started around the same time as Canva. Uh, difference is 
Vizme is more built for businesses. So we focus on SMB and enterprise. Canva is more of a BDC software catering to everyone. So we're so you get a little more power, but that comes with a little more complexity. Um, so when we started, a company was started back in 2013 when infographics and stuff were still very new. And uh, basically what, what we decided to do, so we're still to this day completely bootstrapped, never raised any outside funding. Um, and just to give you a snapshot of where we stand now is that we're a team of over 100 people fully profitable, uh, over 16 million active users. Uh, and the way we accomplish is all through our organic traffic. So right now, Vizme's website is getting close to about three and a half million organic visitors to our website every month. Wow. Didn't get here overnight, took some years. But so let me tell you what we did to get there. So when I joined a company, I was the first marketing hire and we we're just trying to figure things out. We we're like, okay, well, we built this product. It's cool, but we don't know how to put it in front of the right people. So Obviously, paid advertising is great, but it, it's got a cap on the ROI because obviously as a bootstrap company, we need, there's diminishing ROI. So double the budget, you don't get double the conversions. At some point, mm -hmm. you just stop making sense to scale. Cold average for us didn't make any sense because we're not an agency that charges thousands of dollars, right? We were selling a $15 a month product. So it just doesn't make financial sense to go hire sales people start selling door to door. Um, and so... What we ended up with, we were like, okay, well, let's put, our put ourselves in the shoes of our customer and just try to first figure out how they identify or find a solution like ours. So say, Christina, if you want to make an infographic for this episode after our uh, conversations ended, where would you start to find a new solution given you don't already have one? Like, what's the first thing you do when you, when you want to find a new software or find a new product? You Google it. Exactly. So we knew that. We were like, okay, great. So we already know where our customers are hanging out. We know they're aware of the problem they're solving and they're looking for it through Google, right? That's a very, th those are very two important questions to ask yourself before you even spend a penny on SEO. Are your customers aware of the problems you're solving, right? Or you're nice to have. Two, are they actively Googling for it? And if either questions is no, answers to these questions are no, don't touch SEO. Go stick to whatever makes sense for you, right? If you like run a lifestyle business, go pour it into TikTok ads or or uh, uh, you know, Instagram ads, right? or if you're running a super expensive medical device company or, or uh, sell a very expensive service, stick to hiring salespeople, cold average, right? Um, SEO is, is only an ideal channel, acquisition channel for a subset of companies. And that's something I really want to advocate for. So it's not the right fit for everyone. So we knew that it was, it was a perfect fit for us. Problem was, when we got, we went out, so we spent two months building, doing keyword research, right? So we bought Ahrefs and SEMrush and uh, did some keyword research and identified the relevant keywords and started building like landing pages. And uh, we wrote, wrote some blog posts, right? That's, uh, that's what everyone defines at SEO. Make sure our site loads fast. And guess what happened? Tell me. I'll give you one guess. <laughs> Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It was uh, crickets. Uh, I think we had two visitors. Uh, one of them was my mother. She's always my biggest fan. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Yes. And the other person, I don't know who that person was, but it was kind of embarrassing. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, after spending all that time um, building all these pages, we put it up there and it was just nothing. And so we're like, okay. So I pulled up Google. I was like, all right, for example, one of our top keywords was presentation software that we built a landing page for. Can you Google this for me, Christina? Can you open yeah. a little incognito tab on your browser so your yeah. existing search history doesn't impact it? Yeah. And just Google the keyword presentation software. 
I did it. All right. So you see how right underneath the search box, it tells you how many search results pop up? Like about yes, how many results? Yes, 951 million. Okay. Close to about a billion search results with a B. Yeah. Now, scroll down. What's what's the first organic results you see? Oh, it's Vismi. Woohoo! <laughs> all right. It is. After so me... all the ads, it's Vismi. That's right. So there are a billion search results. So I was like, okay. I, I looked at our founder of Payment. I was like, listen, if we have the top 1% content, right, in terms of quality of content, however way you want to define that, like, right? So we brought all the experts to write this landing page. It's the fastest loading web page at, at, with the most amount of value. Say we're in the top 1%. When there's a billion search results, we're, in there, we're still on the hundreds of millions <laughs> of search ranks, right? So how would we go about, or, or in the tens of millions, I uh, can't do math. Uh, so how do we go from millionth search result to, to top three or top 10, ideally? And we're like, okay, well, we, let's understand how Google sources these because it's a problem, right? So if you, if you have billion web pages, how would you go about ranking them if top 1% are pretty good in terms of how or way you want to define quality of content? So the way we understood that search engines work is based on this vote mean girls popularity contest, right? So the more other popular websites are talking about you and referencing you through these little hyperlinks, the more it signals to the search engines that, hey, this must be a credible resource because other people are talking about it. Now, this is interesting, isn't it? So now it's not only relevant, it's not only reliant on the content you put on your website, it's now also what other people think about it that makes it so difficult to start ranking, right? So then we started at basically allocating our resources that way. So right now, up to this day, we spend 80% of our resources on content promotion, 20% of content creation. So what that means is that when we spend 10 hours promoting a piece or creating a piece of content, we spend 40 hours on promotion. And that's why we treat each one of the pages on our website as a project that we need to do link building for. And, and that process was sort of done completely manual. It's very extremely hard to find the right opportunities, uh, find the right person in charge, get their contacts, uh, you know, the good old spiel of outreach and personalization, all that stuff. So we built that whole process under one roof. It was sort of our secret sauce internal software for about a year and a half. It just worked ridiculously well. So we decided to release it as a standalone product. That's how Respondent was born as a, as a company. That's wild that you built it just to help yourself and then released it. I kind of did something similar, honestly, with Podcast Clout. I yeah. created Podcast Clout to help myself and my PR agency. And then I saw that there was a need for other PR agencies to build a podcast pitch list that was super custom with only currently ranked top podcasts. So that's when I just kind of released it into the world. So we have that's right. we have a similar software. So tell me how Respana works for people mm -hmm. who haven't jumped in there, haven't done a demo, haven't done the trial. How does right. it work and how does it actually help you get backlinks? Sure. So there, there's a ton of different average tactics because link building is a very broad term. It's just the way I define it as just building relationships with other relevant publications in your space. So uh, step one is discovery. So understanding, okay, uh, for this page, what are some of the strategies I'm going to follow? Uh, and, and and based on that strategy, what are the right group of websites for me to reach out? To? For example, uh, when you put together a content piece and you'd like to see, okay, what are some of the other competing pieces that are ranking for this keyword? 
where they're getting their links from and then kind of reverse engineering that process. So Respond helps you kind of find what are some of these publications for each one of your pages that, that you potentially want to reach out to. Then the second step is to find the right person at those publications, right? So who's actually in charge of their content? Who's managing their blog? Not just a random person at the company or just their support email, right? Uh, so find the right person to reach out to, get their contact information. What's the best email address? What's their social profile so we can interact with them through multiple channels? And then there's an email automation aspect to it. So Responda basically connects your email, helps you uh, basically send those emails and you can personalize it before it gets out so that you can actually um, add a touch, manual touch of personalization plus uh, automated variables that that work through and also automate, automating the follow-up so that the entire basically sending the follow-up actions are automated. So the whole flow from discovery to getting the contacts to outreach is, is sort of built through a four-step process. And that's what we call a campaign in Respana. Uh, so basically you can run campaigns. So any any sort of uh, tactic you want to follow. Uh, we do have a small portion of our software is podcast outreach. So it helps, it's a similar flow, right? So help you find the right podcast, uh, get their content information, which you guys already have a database for. So that's mm -hmm. great. Uh, but then the other aspect is, okay, let's reach out to them and now manage the relationship after. So once they reply back, we have a little CRM to take care of the, basically uh, the entire workflow from start to finish. So what do you say in these emails when you reach out to them? So uh, we have an outreach strategy hub that I like to refer people to because we can spend probably close to about 20 hours uh, talking about strategies. <laughs> so uh, the free resources on Gata is on our website. Just go to respona.com, R-E-S-P-O-N-A.com. At the bottom, there's an outreach strategy hub. Give you ready-to-use recipes and templates. So basically it gives you instructions, even if you don't have access to Respona. If you don't want to pay for it, that's fine. Just do it manually, replicate it. So it's going to take a little more time. Mm -hmm. So you go through the process. Okay, for example, podcast outreach, look up a name of a person in your industry. Like look up Farzad if you're in the SaaS industry and see where Farzad is getting all their interviews, right? So then you come across Media Maven with Christina. All right, then Respondent is going to help you get Christina's email. Then you can go ahead and we will pull the last episodes of the podcast and then you can personalize that pitch and respond automatically sends those emails on your behalf from your email account. So that's one strategy. This is what we call the podcast uh, strategy. And, and there's a ton of other content promotion strategies and other link building tactics like guest posting and competitor backlinks, anchor tags. And, and, and so all of them have different templates. So thinking about templates though, um, it doesn't really matter what you say in the template. As long as you have three, so that's that's the common thing, common thing for all sorts of outreach tactics is you want to hit three pillars uh, outreach. And that's something that, um, I had to train our team. Uh, so the, the text of the template uh, is irrelevant because it, it, it's entirely reliant on the strategy. But the three pillars are one is incentive because nobody cares about you, you or your business uh, as a policy. <laughs> Just going with that mindset. So what's in it for them, right? So for example, me coming on the show, um, I'm helping Christina create a, an, a piece of content, right? That you can publish to your audience and I'm spending like, 30 minutes, an hour of my time and, and, and build that relationship with you and, and, and help, helping you create the content and in return, um, you know, we get a reference to Respondent's website from your website and also free advertising to a niche audience. So it's a win-win for the both of us. So that's great. Uh, and plus we build that friendship, right? I come down to Florida and hit up, hit up Christina. I'm like, <laughs> Hey, what you doing? <laughs> so 
basically what I'm trying to show is uh, there's a lot of benefits to building relationships with smart people in your industry. Uh, so making sure you include that incentive in there in a way that is non-cash because you want to make sure that you're not crossing some of those red lines by Google. So you're not just throwing cash at people to, to get a backlink. Uh, normally also, reason main reason why we don't pay for links is because the type of websites that accept payments for links are in the websites you want to get links from anyway, right? So if someone reaches out to you, Christina, say, hey, I'll give you $100 for a backlink on Medium Maven. What are you going to do? Ignore that email, right? Mm -hmm. I got <laughs> one today and I deleted it. <laughs> exactly. Because the type of websites we want links from don't want to work with you in the first place if you're just offering cash. So having that incentive in place. Two is level of personalization. You don't want to just send the same cookie cutter template to everyone because guess what? Everybody's getting these pitches. So standing out from their inbox uh, is, is a big deal. And through picking the right strategy and, and kind of staying within your league. So uh, when it comes to link building and outreach, it's not a game to shoot for the stars. Uh, it's a matter of making sure you start within ranges of websites that are, that are within your grasp. And as you gradually increase your authority, then you start reaching out to some of the bigger websites to collaborate with, right? So like, for example, Vizme's website is a lot more authoritative than Respana. So Vizme is collaborating with HubSpot. And with a bunch of other big guys in the industry, because guess what? We're getting, we're getting 3 million traffic and have uh, we're in the top 4,000 websites in the world. Um, so we can now reach out. Respana, we never touch HubSpot, <laughs> right? Uh, we actually got a link from them because one of the writers mentioned us. But, but the, the type of websites we work with are, are in the smaller scale. So kind of making sure you have the right strategy in place for your industry and for your uh, pages, and then kind of staying within your... Uh, league uh, is a big important factor. It's going to determine how well the campaign is going to perform. And that's pretty much it. Rest of it is just a matter of hey, um, here's the strategy. Here's what's in it for you, and and uh, let's do this. I love it. That's very um, very similar to pitching the media to earn coverage. There's a lot of overlap. The only difference is with you, you focus on the black the backlink, mm -hmm. and we focus on the media coverage, which sometimes does not include a backlink because That's right. that stuff it's it's out of your control. We always hope for one, but yeah. sometimes you know you don't get one. So it yeah. really it really just depends. How long does something like this take to see results? Because SEO is one of those things where it's like you got to be consistent for months, and when you start seeing results, how do you maintain the results? Are you still mm -hmm. going at the same rate you were before you saw seeing results or can you kind of slow down to maintain? Absolutely. So I can just throw numbers out there, Christina, uh, but at the end of the day, they don't mean anything because one, uh, what do you mean by getting results? You mean getting customers? If so, how many customers? Right, that's true. That's true. Okay. To start, we'll, we'll take the sales out of it and just talk about ranking okay. because you could rank and you could have a terrible website and then that won't convert. So right. let's talk about ranking to start seeing results as far as like moving up in the ranks, getting closer to page one or getting page one. If you are a newer website who hasn't focused on this before. Right. So that again, there's this uh, SEO meme that there's this guy who has this like little label as a tank of water that's leaking. And then he's just slaps this duct tape on it. And, and then, and, and then in the SEO game, we call this, it depends. We use it to repair anything or answer any question. <laughs> uh, same thing applies here. So what keywords, right? How competitive are they? Uh, you can rank tomorrow if it's a non-competitive keyword in a very uh, niche space that 
there's not a whole lot of competition. Uh, if you're going against uh, presentation software, good luck, <laughs> right? It's going to take years. So I think it's a wrong question to ask how long it's going to take. Uh, the better question to ask is, hey, is this the right strategy for my business? Is this a customer acquisition strategy that uh, that's going to bring results? And if so, then the the amount of time it's going to take is entirely reliant on the amount of resources you're spending on it, the, uh, the strategy you have behind your, your SEO. And also at the same time, uh, how competitive is your industry? What niche are you in, right? So it's very easy to say, oh, SEO is going to take three to six months. That's just an arbitrary number someone threw out that I don't understand where they got that number from, right? Um, so what I'm trying to say is that it's a yes or no question whether you should invest in SEO. It, it, it's, are people aware of the problem you're solving? Yes. Are people Googling for it? Yes. Then it's idiotic not to spend any resources on SEO because that's just leaving money on the table, regardless of however much it's going to take, right? Um, because that's the way you're going to make your business successful because that's where your customers are. You need to go present it to them. And if the answer to this, any of these questions is no, then it's idiotic to go invest in SEO regardless of how much time it's going to take to work because it's just not the right strategy for you. That's not how your customers are shopping, right? So if, for example, if you sell a lifestyle, if you have a lifestyle business, you, you sell t-shirts, don't invest in SEO. Guess what? That's not how people buy t-shirts. <laughs> they see an ad on Facebook or see their friends wearing one or, or right? Go do some, run some PR campaigns with Christina, right? Go <laughs> uh, do something creative and, and go on social media and, and anything but SEO is, is better. So what I'm trying to say is, is that oftentimes we always get hung up in this question of how much, is, how much time is going to take to work, regardless of understanding whether it's the right strategy for your business and and the answer to 90 percent of businesses who are likely listening to this interview is no se is probably not the right fit for you because that's not how your customers purchase your products and if so if the answer is yes then you gotta throw everything at it to make sure it's successful because guess what right now VizMe as a company is getting close to about twenty thousand new users to our platform every single day without us spending a penny why? Because we invest in our SEO. <laughs> Respond is not getting close to about 100,000 people to our website every single day, excuse me, every single month. Uh, and the way we've gotten to this point is because we started investing in a day one, because that's how we knew that this is where our customers are doing to, to find a solution like ours. So hopefully that was a very long answer to your, to, to your question. But, um, but yeah, hopefully I, I kind of uh, elaborated on some things. No, but that's a great answer because I've honestly never heard that question before. I, I or never heard that answer before. I always hear the answer three to six months because this stuff takes time and all of that. So I appreciate your honesty. I also have the same the same problem when people say, oh, well, in PR, where are you going to get me and how are you going to get me there? And most PR agencies will answer and they will give some bullshit answer because that's what they want the other person to believe. That's what the other person wants to hear. But you can't say where you're going to get somebody and when you're going to get them there because that is out of your control. The only way you can say that is if you're paying for ads and we're not talking about ads. And it's very similar in earning backlinks. So there's so many synergies that I totally understand what you're saying. And I appreciate your honesty. Farzad, is there anything else you want to add that I should have asked before we say goodbye? 
No, I think uh, you nailed it. Uh, uh, Christian, this was a very insightful interview. Hopefully uh, you guys are listening. I also enjoyed it. Um, uh, I think the only thing is uh, we have a lot of free educational material on, on Respondent's blog. So if Respondent is, uh, excuse me, if SEO is the right strategy for you, you have already done the keyword research, build your pages, and you're now ready and primed for kind of getting those pages up to rankings. Don't go pay for all these fancy tools at once. Um, go read some free material, start doing some outreach yourself manually, right? Um, and, and kind of understand the process, see how well it works. So you have a proof of concept, now you're ready to pour gasoline on the fire and then tools like respond and become relevant because at that point it's a matter of saving time. I love this because if you just go all in on one thing, like it could be your only marketing strategy. Like you just need, because it's so hard. I mean, like every week I, I feel like I bring a new marketing strategy to the table and everybody's like, Oh, maybe try this one. Maybe try this one. If you only half-ass all of them, you're not going to get anywhere. You need to focus on one. And how long should people focus on one? Like if this is the one thing they focus on, how long should they focus on it to see if it works? I guess that's kind of the same, the same question I just right. asked where yeah, it depends. It depends and on your industry and the keywords and all right. of that. And, and really there is no, it's more of an art than a science at that point, because you know, what, as a business, you can look at each one individually and say, okay, what's your position in the market? And who do you cater to? And then, and, and, and to uh, that marketing strategy at the end of the day doesn't matter. What matters is you get in front of your customers where they are, right? It could be trade shows, it could be um, news publications, it could be um, advertising on social media, right? It could be so wherever your customers are hanging out, that's where you need to be. And if your customers are on Google searching for you, that's where you need to be. If they're elsewhere, you need to go and throw all your efforts at those and, and do it as long as it takes. Because guess what? Change in the strategy isn't going to necessarily uh, make you more or less successful. It's a matter of how well you execute those strategies. Uh, so what I'm trying to say is that, that that channel to get there doesn't really matter as much as you get in front of the right audience. Love that. Okay. If you want to connect with Farzad, his LinkedIn and Twitter is in the show notes for this episode. I also link to Responda at Responda.com. And I will share links to many of the other things that we talked about during this podcast episode. Thank you, Farzad. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Thanks for listening. BecomeAmediaMaven.com is where you can get the show notes for this episode and all of the other ones. Please hit me up on Instagram. Tag me at Christina All Day if you are listening to this. If you are liking this, let me know. Shoot me a message. I just got a message, a lovely message today from a listener who told me that she was liking the podcast that I did on FinCon when I was talking about my experience and all of the sessions that I attended. So thank you so much to Hey Sarah Atkins at Realtor and Renovator for letting me know that you were loving my podcast episode and going back and listening to it a second time. I really appreciate it. Okay, that's it for today. I'll see you again next week on another episode of Become a Media Maven.